Before we begin our story this week, take note. Today's episode involves a non-player character that displays predatory behavior, including stalking and non-consensual voyeurism. Additionally, there are depictions of harm to birds and descriptions of sexual acts. Today, on The Terrible Warriors, the world is not what it seems. Reality is an illusion, a prison for your soul, a veil to hide you from the truth. Three people have already glimpsed the truth, and it has shattered their lives. On the run and in hiding, they have received plane tickets to the other side of the world. They search for answers, but they will find much more. This is the first story episode of Flight 191, our actual play session playing Helmgast's cult, Divinity Lost. Part 1. Boarding Passes. Within the dark trails and winding roads of Dudley Town, a single lit lantern illuminated the trail, which based on local maps sold to you by the younger generation of the town, said that this was the direction. Phone signal was sparse, and it brought you back to a time before there was a connection. It felt isolated and abandoned. As the trees blurred and the night sky took over the pale day, a sense of dread. It was no horror present and apparent, but hidden. It felt as if peering into a dark lake and finding yourself wanting. A large wooden oak tree laid spilled out against the dirt road. Life oozed from it in the form of ants. Their red backs were bright against the dark and skeleton-like tree they surged from. A small rabbit twitched, its head twisted and contorted in such a way that you understood it to be dead. And yet, you can see the ants crawling about it, giving little regard to its movements or the blood that ran from its neck. Tiny little red demons marching on as if for war. They were efficient, cold, and calculating. Mrs. Windblue wakes up. Startled, sweat in a lovely airport in Atlanta, Georgia. Autumn and Aiden sitting beside her. It's 4 a.m. and the airport is mostly empty. You see the square patches of the ceiling woven together with dark and brown spots creeping around the edges in the corners. There is some maintenance, a repair it looks like, on a wing just only a few meters from you. You see the canvas of plastic see-through covering the shops. The floor itself smelled of Clorox. Quickly and recently engaged in cleaning. Outside, the weather was quite dreadful, dark, 
with a little bit of light coming up from the sun that lazily shifted behind the trees. A little crow drowning in the puddle outside, beak pointed towards the sky. A man coughed not too far from you. And you stare down at your tickets, each one delivering you to a location in Italy. A perspective or a prospect for Aiden to continue his research funding from an unknown benefactor. The opportunities. Uh, you can just think about them. Well, finally, someone who understands my importance and greatness. Not enough people are talking to me these days. Exactly. And the last year hasn't been kind. Just above the, was it this little 7-Eleven-esque uh, kiosk convenience store you resided. And only because Aiden was able to decrease... If only we lived above a 7-Eleven. At least there I'd be able to get a newspaper that wasn't a day old. This is fair. This is, uh, calling it a store is, uh, giving it more credit than it's due, but it at least keeps us fed. Yeah. And we kind of flash back to that scene you had with the convenience store owner. A very, uh, thin and slender type of individual sitting across from you this wooden desk uh, several coffee stains on the table uh, you had gone yourself blue in autumn outside under the rain this man stared at you you see a little tag in front of him right next to a very uh, thick computer one of those old white ones you remember from the early 90s yeah he's Hewlett Packard still says it out like in full old lettering <laughs> Yeah, he looks at you and kind of looks over your financial information. I see you can only afford about $100 a month. Unfortunately, the tenant building above goes for about 800 Aiden, Aiden doesn't work with people. Aiden tried to reason through that of, yes, you're trying to charge it for 800 but we both know you're never going to meet that kind of market value. Not in the way the states are. The walls need repairing, the plumbing needs replacing, the electrical needs rewiring. In fact, if I don't report you to the city services, you'll be saving yourselves money from all the inevitable court bills you'll be facing. But, huh, look, uh, what? and I can see that I'm immediately like, fucking myself over here again. And I have... We've picked this place out for a reason, surely. And it's cheap. It's it's cheap. It's discreet. And we also saw that he was hiring on the door. That he's looking for part-time workers. And he's like, how much would you be offering someone who would be working here? Minimum wage, no doubt. Maybe a little bit less. A little bit on the end of the table. Mm, yeah, as well. How about you don't pay me anything at all? I'll sit behind here. I'm very good with people. I've been working with people my whole life. And if you don't like me, I can put one of the others out there and you can take a night off and you don't have to worry about paying your workers. You don't have to worry about paying our rent. The others. Can you bring them in, please? <laughs> I knock, tap, tap on the window to, to the two that are waiting outside. 
motion them to come in. Autumn sulks in. Um, the first thing you might notice about Autumn is she is very tall and very much a redhead. Um, probably taller than anyone else in the party. Or party, anyone else. Taller than Aiden in blue. She leans over the counter. Uh, what's going on? I'm getting you a job. Don't worry, uh, you're not going to make any money. <laughs> what? Run that by me again, old man? Yeah, he, he like, looks at this uh, very slender-esque individual in a, uh, a very dirty and grimy suit and tie. Looking over at you, Aiden, he says, Shut up. Just stop <laughs> talking. I don't want to hear you another ounce. And he looks over at Blue. Blue, go ahead and describe yourself. Blue is, like, five foot six, very nondescript, sallow, gaunt face. You can see it's been a year of instant ramen and whatever scraps Aiden throws her. All None of her clothes fit. She's wearing, like, just a ratty t-shirt and khakis with sneakers. Um, she looks a bit something sent for that couldn't come, you know? She's got, she clearly hasn't cut her hair in a long time. It's just sort of tied up in a makeshift ponytail. And she just sort of gazes around with wide eyes, observing everything around her because she's clearly finding things very fascinating inside this convenience store. Yeah. The man leans forward, uh, looking at you, Blue. You know, not too long ago, I, uh, I lost my daughter in an accident I um, I don't really want to talk about it but kind of remind me of her that sort of innocence glazed look staring out into the world unknowing maybe a little bit of fascination with the dark corners uh oh uh uh wow someone so that means she doesn't exist anymore right if she's dead, we lost her. I hope she exists. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ believes that when we die, we go to heaven. I believe that's where she is now. Uh, uh, she's gonna look to Autumn. What? What's Jesus? What is Jesus? It's a false god. Don't ask Aiden. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I... That sounds really... Uh, thank you for talking with me. She's gonna back up behind Autumn. I, um... I'm not, I'm not long, to be honest. Um, I would be willing to put you three up uh, with one of you working behind the counter and work no not you not you honey okay Um, I I'm I'm alright with people I can talk to people I've uh, I can do that no no not you not you Um, I I always did it with my daughter with a family family sort of establishment so if you want to stay here um, I would have this one work with me and 
you know, I, I I have some old clothes that my daughter used to wear as well. Um, I could bring those over and maybe you could indulge me in a, uh, a picture every now and then. Aiden and Autumn, I imagine, make eye contact with, like, blue? Really? Running the convenience? Up. And we're real quick. We're sorry, man, we'll get the place. I can do it. Yeah. I can Probably do it. I could do it. You always say I should try new things. I could do this. I could do it. I can take pictures. I can. Yeah. I could do it. I believe in blue. That's all. We have an understanding then. Welcome, and um, I'll show you to your your new home. Have a home. And he gets up, and we're gonna go back towards the present. It is July seventeenth of this year. Sitting at this lovely airport, kind of looking back at the year behind you. Mm-hmm. You learned so much, Blue. What Jesus is. <laughs> but and also which like... scratch cards to scratch off so we can get a little bit extra on the side Autumn, no sorry. no you haven't figured that one out yet I mean come on no, blue. No, no. there's just there's lottery tickets all over the place Jesus is a false god as is the Christian god as is and then like Autumn would just spout off like <laughs> listen the only true the only true divinity is within oneself and what lies beyond Excellent. And Aiden is, is uh, more of the mind of you can't shoplift if you work there. Yeah, the first few times Blue just had people come to the Bad counter, influences. put their things down, and then said okay and let them go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like your chips, Mister <laughs> Mister Hastings, who runs the uh, the convenience store, must be <laughs> very patient with teaching you how to give correct change <laughs> oh very very patient and every sunday he would take blue to the church oh dress her up in his daughter's clothes <laughs> this is exciting and weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh we'll we'll do our first check for this session uh looking back into the past during these long months that you had here uh, why don't you go ahead and observe? Yeah, perception observes the situation. Uh, and this is uh, let's just do autumn. Let's go ahead and roll two d ten. Add your perception. We'll see what happens. Just for my brain mechanically, so it's usually we rolling two d tens and then adding whatever's in our sheet. Okay, mm-hmm. that's easy. I can. Do yeah, it. and then if it's fifteen or higher. You get the full success. If it's between 10 and 14, you get a partial success, usually a success at some kind of a cost. And then if it's a 9 and under, you don't get what you want, and the GM gets something that they want instead. While this is happening, Aiden must just be sitting at this bench in the airport with a newspaper he's pulled out of the garbage and is reading some old discarded recycling newspaper and complimenting about how the weather systems around Atlanta, why would you ever put an airport here? There's always just storms sitting on top of it, canceling flights. It's a wonder anything gets done in this state. Lou is uh, trying to read the newspaper over your shoulder and is mouthing out the words as she reads them to try and practice her abilities to read. 
Yeah, what'd you get on him? Okay, so uh, I have a 11. Uh, so you... It was unfortunate, but on one of the last days before you packed up for this unique opportunity, you did notice that there was a slight crack in the bathroom. Uh, in between two tiles, as you slipped them apart, you realized that there was a camera. How long it's been there, you don't know. I turn the camera around and would have maybe told Aiden. But not Blue. We protect Blue. Yeah, there's definitely a slight stickiness to the camera, especially where the hands will go uh, right. A white crust kind of ingrained into the um, the nuances of this camera. Any anger Aiden would feel is moot anyways, because we've got tickets and we're leaving. We're going to Italy and we're never coming back. Once we get this settled, then we can come back and press charges against Mr. Hastings if he even survives that long old bat. I know he has an unsettling fetish for the girl, but it's been interesting to watch how Blue reacts to this, and I've been keeping notes. How important is Blue to you, Autumn? Blue is, uh... I feel this instinct to protect Blue, and I ha- I've been harboring this growing anger towards our host, but I know, I know we need the space. I know we need a home. So I've been sort of arming Blue in the meantime. Here's a knife. Here's how to use the knife. Go ahead and this. keep it together. You're going to get a minus one uh, because your relationship with Blue is a plus one. Mm-hmm. And keeping it together is willpower. So Correct. I got an 11 to keep it together. All right. So you have several instances there uh, option that you have uh, between scared, angry, guilt-ridden, obsessed, distracted, haunted. Uh, which one are you going to choose? I am guilty for not having done anything on behalf of Blue with this man. I chose to not act. How have my visits to the church with him been? Are they just... They are a typical Southern Baptist church with old white panels uh, on either side. Um, they have a, uh, a youth team with electric guitar and drums playing out in front. Uh, everyone seems pretty nice, but they give you a wide berth. It's almost like you're a monkey in a zoo. Mm. Um, with the kids staring at you and the other parents shaking their heads towards you and uh, your father, uh, whose hand gently caresses your shoulder during service. All right. Blue doesn't react to that. She spends her time observing, is unsure what is normal, abnormal, so just assumes she should go along with this since Aiden and Autumn send her off to it. The guilt. The guilt. It's just like... Oh, which I, I like this parallel because you know going back to the present here in this airport, seeing that crow choking on the water, unable to turn to its side, um, does Autumn feel that same sense of guilt of not being able or an unwillingness 
to go out of her way to assist someone who is vulnerable. I think Autumn struggles to take action and watches the crow sort of punishing herself by watching the crow, feeling that guilt and saying, I don't know, feeling almost like a kinship with the crow. Like, I feel that guilt. Maybe I should be drowning too. Autumn in the airport is restless and walking around and watching the crow also, but feeling how the space feels. In what way? I mean, obviously the floor is, uh, it's almost intoxicatingly uh, stained in Clorox. A little bit of white and blue tiles here and there. People uh, seem to be oceans apart. Uh, And even your footsteps has this loud and uh, almost obnoxious echo every time you step. In, in In the way that Autumn grew up with a sort of sensitivity to magic and has become a habit a nervous anxious habit to pace spaces and feel changes in temperature or um anything that feels like um incites that feeling which is usually like manifested in her body so she walks through the space and does this frequently wherever she is she can't sit still she has to like feel stuff and it it comes from this paranoia this anxiety to sort of get a lay of the land have you been doing a lot of pacing in our flat that we've been yep. staying at. You've worn a nice little trail like a cat in a cage <laughs> to yeah. one side of the apartment. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and roll for magical intuition? So that is plus your soul. Nineteen. Ooh. That is that's perfect. Um fifteen plus I can learn something about well, specifically says the creature's na- a creature's nature. Learn if something has been has a magical nature, or learn well, where the illusion is weakest towards other dimensions. So yeah. I suppose it's up to your discernment what I'm picking up here. But. Yeah. So so people often in literature uh, misdiagnose the feeling of magic and its its feel. What they don't realize is that feeling magic is like constantly having an orgasm you feel your body reacts in that same way um your nostrils open up a little bit of sweat uh drips down uh your ear onto your neckline um your whole body is reacting to stimuli that it finds exciting and engaging um everything feels like it's on fire and it's addictive that serotonin being shot throughout your whole body as you feel it and once again you are back in the place where there is that creeping of magic you feel it touching moving across the little hairs on your body fingers engaged in your face just kind of massaging and gripping and there's shouts in the distance, screams and echoes. Everything is piecing together like a jagged glass mirror. Um, and you can instantly tell that this place is the beginning of something horrific, beautiful, 
and dark. You see the gates in front of you. Your own particular gate, the gate to your flight. Flight 191. The letters seem to kind of glow red. Like you were experiencing a migraine. The light almost blinding. Autumn gas freezes and is staring at the gate, transfixed, whole body awoken by this perception, um, frozen in spot, so has been pacing and is now very still and like slow, like little spasms throughout her body um, and just breathing almost like kind of heavily through her nose. Compared to Autumn, Blue moves very oppositely. She picks out where she's going, goes, and then will remain completely mobile aside from looking around and noticing Autumn sort of having this reaction. She's going to stand up, walk straight, stop next to her and say, Autumn, are you okay? And, and the voice will kind of ground Autumn and bring Autumn back into the airport and where they are and sort of, even though this thing is still kind of happening on the side, they're sort of being pulled back a little bit from that edge and um, gives a small shake of her head and says, I don't think we should take this flight. This, uh, this doesn't feel, I don't think we should take this flight. Aiden said many people are afraid of planes, but it's a common fear and you can be gotten over with the help of some drugs such as gravol um, and other sleeping aids, if you'd like one. Is this, are, are you are you out of your shot to Aiden? Is this just between the two of you? Or, or do I hear you not I, on this flight? I think we're close enough that you could hear us if you were paying attention. Yeah, I just... I fold up my paper, I put it down to my legs, like, in a huff, like, angry. And what else would you suggest? We spent all the remaining money even getting to this airport. These tickets that have been provided to us, there is no other second chance. Certainly not going back to that apartment above the mart. Not after what you've just discovered. So where where do we go? Do we just stay in a ditch, roll over, like that crow that you're so worried about outside? These are our tickets. More than just to a flight, but to a way out of here. Yeah, and with that, Blue, you're... This uh, person knew where we lived. They knew enough to be able to reach out to us. That's good enough for me. Everyone was given a phone uh, via your host. Uh, In Blue, your phone vibrates. (laughs) In your pants. Blue has never used a phone before, uh, but she does know something's happening. She's going to pick it up and hold it in her hand. Is this like something where the screen is something's on the screen? Uh, yeah, it's kind of like one of those old Nokia phones. Okay. Um, and and definitely, Daddy would have taught you uh, <laughs> how to how to receive and text message. Blue is gonna like hold it out. Uh, is it flip phone? No, no, just kind no, of just, the screen just right like there. Yeah, the brick. Okay, she's yeah, gonna look the at brick. It. Is it a text or a call? What are we dealing it's with? It's a it's a text. Uh, it says, "Daddy, this is." from a number you vaguely recognize. 
Can Autumn see this from where she is standing? I mean, who else yeah. would be texting Blue? Yeah, you, you, you can see this. I think Blue uh, is not really right. covering it. It's like yeah. holding it out. Small price to pay for free yeah. rent. Blue is like studying the text. Um, she's very confused. But also feels like this is weird. This is strange. She's going to turn and show it, sort of hold it out awkwardly to Aiden and Autumn. Don't reply. Someone misses me? Do you think it's, um, did we have a name for the guy who's, the guy I go to church with every day? We <laughs> had a, yeah. Hey, I, I, hey, I'm not going to go by the first name because I don't want to completely besmirch our good Patreon supporters. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll come up with a different first name, but it was uh, Mr. Hastings of Hastings Market. And, yeah. um, <laughs> to, to let you know, we there will be up. no NPC in this campaign that you want to be named after. Yeah, yeah that's oh, all right. Uh, yeah, we made that mistake it's earlier. Fine. I, I I regret nothing, even as I regret everything. But uh, whatever whatever first name is appropriate. But that's fine. We can use Mr. Hastings. There's now. no appropriate first name him. for this man. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted it's, something to refer to him for. Yeah, his name is Gibbons Hastings. Um, Mr. Hastings Use one of those heart emojis he called me? But daddy means someone who birthed you, right? Or the male partner in a heterosexual relationship that produces a baby I don't have a father right now, do, do I? Autumn, can you explain this one again? <laughs> you had a father once Everyone had a father once it is not that man that man is disgusting deplorable the worst men are the worst and autumn just like shoots like the grossest <laughs> gaze at Cal's <laughs> and aiden still sitting cross-legged on the chair with his newspaper that he would much rather be reading right now than dealing with this drama all over again blue you have to understand mr hastings is using you just as we are using mr hastings we are using him to get free rent and shelter and discretion and also appeasing to some of his so far harmless fantasies that he may have about you, but that's okay because we are going to protect you, Blue. That's very nice. Thank you. I'm happy to help Mr. Hastings in this way. That man needs more than help. Yes, but he's also a landowner, which puts him at a slightly higher place on the ladder than we currently are, which is why we have needed the resources that he had at his disposal. I'm I don't know what I That's all going to change now, Blue. You're not going to have to see him again anymore, and I'm holding the, the flight ticket like in my hand like it's my lifeline here, this thing. Precisely. This We're is... not going to have to see him anymore. Break the phone, to... and there's throw so it out, culture. flush it into... There's so much more culture in Roma than there is in Atlanta, Georgia. Blue, can... you should throw that phone out. To clarify something, Mitch, do I know this is actually Mr. Hastings' number? I had intended that she was just misinterpreting as that. Or was this... It's Hastings. It is Hastings. Oh, oh, yeah, God. A text from Daddy. Gross. I'm okay. quoting from the GM there. <laughs> um, I will just not reply like Autumn recommends. We're still going to fly on the aeroplane... As soon as someone shows up to the gate. 
when is our flight supposed to be? It's about 30 minutes from now. Um, Yeah, this airport is kind of empty, uh, quiet. Uh, You hear a baby somewhere in the airport crying. Uh, No doubt a mom tending to it. Just have to wait by the gate for the attendants to show up to scan our tickets, and we can finally be out of this forsaken place. We're going to Italy, which is a country on a continent that's not the same, which is a large landmass. Um, Autumn will grab blue's hand and walk her towards a kiosk and we're gonna go find some travel guides because autumn cannot be impressed uh, the presence of this gate (laughs) because like as much as autumn is disgusted and terrified and weirdly aroused by this gate um and yeah doesn't want to go on her thirst for knowledge and desire to know more also kind of draws her towards it. It's this like push and pull. So she's going to deal with that fear by walking away from it now and taking Blue to go find maps and travel guides at some kiosk or something. Mitch, I have this enhanced awareness. And I'm, I'm always watching Blue and Autumn because they're kind of my research guinea pigs. Not to say that I'm aware of what happened with Autumn, but would I be aware enough seeing her just like standing there in a moment in front of that gate transfixed in her own imagination for me to focus my senses at a location yeah why don't you go ahead and roll just like like as they're walking away to the kiosk go like let me show you a map blue and show you how the ocean is uh i just look over my shoulder and i want to side eye that gate myself because despite everything in Aiden does in the open. He has. He needs to know. And he knows that Autumn is often more aware than he is on these matters. Um, Ten. Just squeaked it by. Excellent. You can kind of smell it. It's a smell you have grown to recognize. It's the smell of bodily fluids, arousal, sweat, maybe even some tears mixed in. But this is autumn. And as you follow that scent, it's leading towards 191. Your flight. But before we go on, you also have two other rolls you need to make. One is your disadvantage. I mean, both mm-hmm. are your disadvantages. So give me two rolls. What what would fear Autumn and want to get away from that flight for Aiden excites me. This is, this is why I stick around, Autumn. This brings answers to questions. We're clearly on the right track, or we wouldn't be feeling this way. These... These, these feelings. Yeah, I do have. Um, ever since that incident, we've had to stay on the move because of this experiment gone wrong. And also the public's attention on this ongoing investigation and my own personal reputation. So I got these like two ongoing problems that just make me 
have to agree to stay in top of apartments above old convenience stores and molesting convenience store owners. And you're obsessed with Autumn. So which one do you want me to roll for first? Uh, let's do experiment gone wrong. Yeah, that's a fun one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, six. <laughs> no, wait. Yeah, no, that's a six. Yay. <laughs> that's that's not. Uh-oh. Oh, it's fine. Don't, I don't worry I tried to look at, it. is there any way I can read those die? There isn't. No. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and roll for the second one? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just turning myself to this page. Oh no. Can we tell our dear listener what has happened? Yeah, sure. Why don't you go ahead and read it? The experiment. So something. Autumn and I, a year ago, built something that sent us somewhere. And that's where we found Blue. And when we came back, the lab, the device, was destroyed. Something came through and has been, presumably, I assume, following Blue, this, like, escaped prisoner, has been out there. And this is one reason why we keep moving from place to place to place and why I am so excited to get this ticket to Italy because maybe finally we can find out what this is. So this experiment gone wrong is following our movements. And when I just rolled a six... The experiment is in your vicinity. It acts against you. The GM takes three hold. So I've just equipped Mitch with three very powerful bullets and a gun that he has now got pointed at us here in this airport. That's so cool. This is how it works. The Aurora Borealis located right here in the vicinity of this kitchen at this time of day. Yes. Um, So... So what's fun is Mitch might have had whatever plans for this remaining half hour, and I just gave him a whole lot of ammunition with that bad roll. But that's not all, fans. I also have a bad reputation. (laughs) So while I stop and look over and look at that gate and feel Autumn's aroused scent, (laughs) around that gate something has also been watching me I'm getting closer Uh, and I rolled a uh, 9 and a 9 so I'm rolled very high therefore so I rolled an 18 on my bad reputation Ooh, you're fine you're fine you blend in and nobody's out to get you yeah and there's there's something as you watch Blue and Autumn move towards the uh, little kiosk, uh, looking over the maps and everything. Uh, you notice the reflection of each of them on this well cleaned floor, but Blue doesn't have one. It's empty. And then you feel something touch your right shoulder. I spin around. I'm not a subtle man. Yeah, sitting right next to you. When it happened, it's hard to tell. Uh, But the moment you turn, you do feel the warmth of this woman against you. uh, Slightly pressed uh, against you. And it's it looks like a younger blue. 
maybe 20, 21, ever so slightly, there is painted uh, colors in her hair, not dyed, but just this paint of reds. She's wearing a very loose fitted black long shirt. She speaks, but it comes out like a distorted phone call. Her mouth moves, but it doesn't sync with what sounds are coming out of it. And she presses her palms against either side of your head. She's sweating. And she's starting to move you towards her. Would I have ever seen pictures of the convenience store's daughter before Blue? There might have been an opportunity to. Uh, while we go back and observe the situation, see if you ever caught it. Because by the time you guys left, every photo that was in the place was a picture of Daddy and Blue, his daughter. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, you can vaguely recall, you know, you saw this picture that first day across the desk him his daughter and his wife smiling before a beachfront property but that image of her is blurred and distant it's like trying to catch water Aiden wants to reach out he can't understand the voice that's being said it sounds like yeah it's like and he's been kind of He's been waiting for, preparing for weirdness, for something. Feels this turn. Yeah, the front pressing against him. Warm, moist, moving your hand, your head, uh, just down to her left breast. You feel her petting your head. In kind of a almost melodic humming behind all that garbled telephone distortion as she presses your face against her. <laughs> how do I just... How do I see through this? He has been touch-deprived while being on the run this whole time, hasn't he? Yeah. And, you this know... Is, but he's I've, got... Oh, okay, but he's got the ticket in his hand that he was holding on for a life. And he wants to... keep it together. I'm on a mission. I need the truth, and this isn't the truth. This is... This is hedonism. And... Go ahead, keep it together. 13. 13. All right. What is your response? Uh, you have a few different things there. Ooh. I'll be haunted by the experience at a later time. Flight 191, 191, 191. He almost starts like 
like a mantra and he just closes his eyes grips the 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 the, the airplane ticket and hopes maybe later <laughs> yeah more appropriate and, and he, it's like as you're you're he speaking hears, here's autumn talking about blue going see this is the atlantic ocean it's going to be a seven hour flight yeah and as you're speaking this mantra your mouth becomes sticky uh, as this thick li- liquid is uh, kind of pouring into your mouth uh, sticking to the roof of your it's kind of right in there on your teeth so we'll go back over to Blue and Autumn uh, over at the kiosk um, it's pretty empty it looks like one of those standard automated kiosks uh, there's no reason for a human to be involved in this process at all so um, I'll have the map kind of held open for Blue, and I'm explaining how, um, you know, there's sort of this mythos about how in Rome it was the birth of this true knowledge. And I'm, I'm spouting some stuff that I learned in the cult about how the cult that Autumn is part of. Um, you know, in Rome... The, the the great crone Hecate was born and brought about the idea of knowledge and it can be found the closer we get to death do you feel like you have come back from a kind of death in a way do you remember and she's asking Blue about her experience Blue is going to reach out and touch um the oceanic areas of the map, the blue parts. It's not like her name didn't come from anything that interesting. It was that literally one of the few personality traits she found when she was first found was that she was very like attracted to the blue color. And you would know that the only thing she can kind of remember is seeing something blue before she awoke with them. I don't think I'm dead. No, no, you're very much alive. Well, I don't know. Mr. Hastings says that um, we go to Jesus, but you said the one true divinity is that which is in ourselves. So if I did die, then wouldn't I still be with myself? And I don't know how you could tell that. But I don't think I'm dead because I think I'm just like you and, 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 and the doctor, but... But do you remember where you were before you were with us? Anything else? I know we've talked about this before a few times, but anything new? I don't, I don't think so. (sighs) I wish I could remember. Is it possible to do like a magical intuition roll to like reach out towards a memory? Yeah. Okay. Can I do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Fifteen. And sorry for magical intuition. You add just uh, magical intuition is soul. So it's fourteen, which means she's up to two options. One may be saved until later this scene. I want to learn if something has a magical nature, and I don't know if this. To- it's learn where the illusion is weakest towards other dimensions, but like maybe how I could sense more about my past or break it in myself. I don't know. As you're kind of looking at the, the blue waters, uh, you hear a name that sounds familiar. 
um, kind of echoing down the halls, you hear a little girl say, Fiona. Looking over, you see this couple. God damn it, they are happy. It's two women kind of um, linked into each other's uh, hands, moving away from a gate, each one with uh, luggage rolling down. And there is this cute little girl, probably the age of nine, in this flowery, flowery white dress, just kind of skipping in front of them, smile almost dancing across the, the bleach floor reflected back. That's what I'm seeing in this airport right now. Mm-hmm. I don't... I don't know. I think... I, I don't know what is any of this... Is, it's so weird. It's like, it's like... It's like what's here, and then sometimes I have random memories, and I think I hear... I, I, maybe there's someone named Fiona that I know. Maybe it's... Maybe it's my friend. Maybe it's Fiona. Maybe it's maybe I have a mother. Maybe I have a, a sister. Maybe I have a a child. I don't. Could be me. It's okay, Blue. It's okay. And with that, uh, over the intercom, you hear your names uh, being called. Can you please uh, step up to gate one nine one? Okay. Uh, am I, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Aiden, you, you kind of like, when you hear that, it, it brings you out of whatever stupor mantra you're in. Your mouth is dry. You can almost feel your saliva like sticking to itself. Um, that weird mouth feel you get after drinking way too much coffee as you sit up and wipe uh, a little bit of this dark brown liquid from the side of your mouth. But you hear it and you see blue in autumn. Grab my bags and walk over to one of the uh, public water fountains there on the wall. <laughs> Wash my mouth out. Finally, we can get out of here. It's a recycled air of the airport. Been awake for Am too I long. St- Am I still perceiving that sort of dread feeling from the gate, or has it kind of faded over time? It's kind of uh, magical intuition and all that is kind of like looking uh, when you need glasses. So unless you're kind of really straining, it just kind of falls back to the background. Um, But if you kind of just like focus again, a little bit of pain shoots through uh, your left eye, uh, but once again, your body starts to react in that same way. So it's all just on the edge of eyesight, just out of view. Yeah, Autumn's happy to not look that deep again right now. And she really braces herself and she's like holding Blue's hand as a like sort of anchor and will march towards this gate with a sense of, you know, almost like a soldier going to war, very like dreading. Like this, very much she feels that she cannot avoid it as much as she would like to. Aiden comes back acting like this reminds me of the time I was at the last uh, convention of mines in uh, Tripoli. We all got together, 
archaeologists, scientists, engineers, talking about ancient societies and mathematics and... Oh, Blue, you're going to enjoy it when we get over there meeting minds. You might actually finally learn something that you remember. I really... I hope so. That would be so wonderful. Autumn has tucked the name Fiona in the back of her mind and is like keeping it from Aiden as a sort of like I know something that Blue remembers that you don't. <laughs> um, and I think Autumn's fascination with Blue is A, the sort of protective feeling, but B, a sort of perceives Autumn as having reached that truth that her cult has been striving for and come back from it. And it's also fascinated in her own way. Mm-hmm. So she's like frequently prodding Blue. Like, what was that death like for you? Right. Oh, it was exciting. Yeah. And coming up to this uh, this gate, uh, one of the airport attendants, uh, this very tall, dark-skinned man with a thick uh, mustache, uh, approaches you with this yellow vest um, and says, I'm sorry, I... Um, parts of uh, the seats that you had reserved for your flight uh, are going through some repairs. So, as Constellation, we're upgrading you to the luxury room here on the overnight flight. Is that that satisfactory to each of you? And would you prefer to be in the same room or different rooms? We will step closer to the two of them and say, same room. She's not a fan of space. Oh, yeah, so uh, there's can- definitely a competition between Autumn and I. We have to keep our eyes on Blue together. We can't <laughs> be seen alone with the other. <laughs> well, this is wonderful news. See? Nothing to Seems worry fine. about. It's nothing but clear sailing here. Our Mm-mm. luck has finally taken a turn now. It's seven hours, which is one work shift at the, at the, at the convenience store. That's not even that long. And it'll go fast because you don't have a creepy old man following you around, Blue. It'll be great. I think. And I'll regale you with my stories of all of my previous adventures and trips around the world <laughs> back when I still had money and reputation and resources to do those things. Mm-hmm. We'll pass the time swimmingly. It will literally fly by. <laughs> See, because of the of those... flying part. It's a Can joke. Can you grab some of those That's sleep joke, aids, Blue? Blue? Can we, like, slip some sleep aids to our dear professor here? Sure thing. Blue, just, like, on autopilot, will, like, go for Aiden's bag where he might have, like, grab all or something with him. Like, and just be like, here you go, Autumn. <laughs> we will graciously accept your offer, my kind sir, for your upgrade to this luxury uh, accommodations in your flight. Excellent. Well, then uh, please proceed to the gate. Um, and he hands you three new tickets uh, with an updated seats. Enjoy your flight, sir. Our golden tickets out of here. And you guys move towards the red throbbing gate numbers, going right underneath it into the dark tunnel beyond. And that's where we'll end it. Amazing! Oh, just the sounds of caster wheels rolling on the floor. This is fun. <laughs> I totally am, like, in a good way, so in over my head. <laughs> I did not know what horror <laughs> was going to be like. <laughs> I was like, oh. Aiden is naive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is great. I like the, like, tension that's pulling between Aiden and Autumn over Blue. 
And also we're the most dysfunctional dysfunctional family. In we need that. each other, but we also <laughs> don't trust each other in any way. Nor should you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Cult Flight 191 will continue next week. Stay up to date with what we have planned by following us on Twitter at Dice Warriors. And if you're a Patreon supporter, we will be aiming to send you each episode a week before we post them to the world so that you will know the dark secrets of the truth of the world before everyone else. Help support the show by donating whatever amount you like at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors. The Terrible Warriors literally only exist because of you and your direct support. Cult Divinity Lost is published by Helmgast. Our theme music is by Epic Game Music. All other music is licensed through Epidemic Sound. Your Terrible Warriors were Kimberly Dewing, Ainsley Moores, Justin Eacock, Game Master Mitch Wallace. Editing is also by Justin Eacock, that's me. And next week, we take our seats check that our baggage is in the overhead compartment and fasten our seatbelts. And don't forget to read the safety pamphlet. Flight 191 makes its ascent on the second episode of Cult Divinity Lost. And until that time, dear listener, stay safe and be good to each other. (laughs) 